road. You actually have to learn how to discern what advice you're getting from mm -hmm. society. And what they don't tell you is, is there anything that I need to learn before this skill is going to be useful? Right. And so if we use mm -hmm. triggers as the example, yeah, it's great to maybe, maybe you need to go to therapy. I did 14 years of therapy. I can tell you all the crap that with my parents, but I'll tell you what, if I'm looking at real life right now, uh, I, uh, my children, my, they've hardly seen my wife and I raise our voices. They, we fixed our stuff when we were pregnant with our girls. And so we, I mean, we, it's not like we don't have arguments or fights, but we've, they've more or less seen it pretty healthy. Now that doesn't mean when they're not screaming that I don't get triggered. When they scream, I get super triggered. I am, cause it's reminding me of every fight and all the anger and all the, excuse me, everything my parents did that paved my future. But when you can discern, what are the skills that we're trying to learn here? Well, uh, I need to teach my children how to handle their emotions. Let's start with that one, right? So it doesn't really matter what my trigger is. I need to put the gun down so that my children can actually put their gun down. And then I've taught them a skill, right? And hopefully they won't have the same sorts of triggers. Will we be perfect? No, but I think it should be something you really think about hard. To overcome, you must educate. Educate not only yourself, but educate anyone seeking to learn. We are all dead America. We can all learn something. To learn, we must challenge what we already understand. The way we do that is through conversation. Sometimes, we have conversations with others. However, some of the best conversations happen with ourselves. Reach out and challenge yourself. Let's dive in and learn something right now. Today we are speaking with Cass Morrow. He is a men's marriage coach. Cass, could you please introduce yourself? Let people know just a little more about you, please. Absolutely. Well, I am a sexless marriage survivor. And so I decided to put my skills in saving my own marriage to use out in the real world. So I help men reset passion, reset desire in their life, in their marriage again. And I take a, a pretty unique approach uh, because a lot of guys, a lot of times guys think, oh man, I got to take 100% of the blame. I just, I just need to own your side so we can move on. Stop sitting in the pain. Let's get your wife sitting where she wants to sit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. You know, owning up to yourself and that truth and stop casting blame. That's the biggest part of marriage. I've been married a while. I've been with my wife 40 years this year. Wow. Right on. And, and it's up and it's down it's up and it's down and what i've found is that we control those ups and those downs by our own thoughts our own patterns what's your take on that calf i absolutely love it i would add with your reactions so if you can learn to act yes. as and then, guys you can apply this way beyond your marriage i mean with your kids with people at the grocery store but if you can pretend that somebody's acting or reacting to something you've done wrong. I'm not saying sit, you know, you blame yourself and all this stuff, but just understand the pretense. If we all live through life with the big bad four, right? Defensiveness, blame, shutting down, or contempt. Well, defensiveness is self-preservation. That's all it is. That's what our bodies and our minds are, are designed to do is preserve ourselves. So when you come into a union with your wife and, and you get stuck in these ups and downs that you're talking about, Ed, yeah, if you can learn to control those reactions, you can lead her into the world that you want and control those highs and how long you're riding them. That's right. It took me a long time to figure that out. And some of those FU fights with my wife, yeah. they were nonsense. I, I, I can see now we didn't have to go through all of that. Mm -hmm. It's just we were afraid to communicate with each other and be honest about what we actually felt inside about each and every situation. It was kind of like putting it on the back burner to appease so you didn't lose your marriage. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, that was the wrong move. You, you have to stand up to it and be a man about it 
Yes. Number one, if you have messed up, own up and carry on, man. We all mess up. Yeah. So, uh, you know, through looking at what you're doing, there is what you call what an acronym that you use about society's lies. Yeah, it feeds off of exactly what you're talking about. I found that to be so fascinating and so awesome. Could you go through that with us today? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing that we need to understand is uh, some of these things that we do wrong as men, we were shown, whether that was by our parents, our pastors, our friends, just like the jokes that fly around town. We'll talk about it with Happy Wife, Happy Life. But communication is key. A marriage takes two. These are all things. These are lessons that people, and while all of the things that I will tell you not to do with society's lies are things that you actually need to do with a different mindset is all. What happens is people are not lying to you. Even though I say society's lies, they they just don't understand that they're saying communication is key, but they're not giving you the communication skills. So if you haven't practiced how to get over defensiveness, well, then you can't have a talk with issues. They're not telling you that communicating issues is different than conversations. And there's different levels of things we get into. So let's go through society's biggest, baddest lies that I believe, uh, by the way, and I don't, I don't mean sexless to be, I mean, the, the, the correct definition is like 12 months more. And some people say 14 months or more with no sex. I also define sexless marriage as when your wife does job sex. So if, if she's just laying there, starfishing, getting you to shut up, whatever, like just doing her obligation. Mm-hmm. My wife was the queen of that, trying to fulfill her commitment under marriage, right? And so I just want to be clear to your listeners that if you're in a marriage where you don't have the quantity and the quality, because there's a difference, you can tell when your wife's not into it. That's what I would define as a sexless marriage. And either way, no matter what resource that's decent out there that you come to, they will talk about these, they're called pseudo solutions, society solutions, I call them society's lies. But what I do find interesting is nobody broke it down if you look at the word society. So we'll spell it out. S is social cues. And so what is that? That's I provide, I protect, I'm a great dad, I'm a great guy. All things that we know we should be, but we then assume or expect that that turns our wife on. Well, great, he pays the bills. He should, I should like, awesome. It doesn't make her horny. just makes the money, makes the world go around. So when we understand that by throwing that in our wife's face, you should want me, I'm a great guy. Well, then all that does is make her feel either guilty because she doesn't want you. There's no room for horny there, but it also starts to create a lot of these communication problems that we start to have because you are supposed to be those things. Are you not a man? Should you not provide, protect, be a great dad, be a great guy? Come on. This is nothing special. Shouldn't even be considered something special. It's just who you should be, right? Uh, O in society is overcompensating. This would be the classic happy wife, happy life, appeasing to keep the peace, trying to not disrupt her mood so that we can create opportunities that if she's in a bad mood, she's not going to want to have sex later, you know? But what happens is, and this is your wife, your wife has lied to you here too. She's part of the society mix. I got the schedule. What do you want for dinner? I got it covered. I'm so excited. I get the kids organizing here, there, and there. And we get into this routine. This is dangerously close to roommates with routines, right? And roommates with routines are not having great sex. She wants a man. She wants a man who knows that he can stand up for himself, that he doesn't uh, agree with her. She'll say it because he has integrity and he'll honor that. He'll follow through with that. He'll make decisions. He doesn't need to appease her. He's confident. He's strong. So therefore, she's attracted to him, right? Um, The C is chores. How many of us have tried to do more around the house? Maybe with a, a hope to free up some time, right? Or Look at me, look at me. I have a super viral reel right now going on. It's like, hey, babe, I, I did the dishes. I, I tidied the kid's room. I got the <laughs> snacks out. And she doesn't care, man. She did that four times today, maybe 14 times today. She's doing that after you got home too. Like, she just doesn't care. But we're like, look at us, look at us. I'm a big help. And she's like, dude, you're an adult. If I feel like your mom or your maid, I'm not. Moms aren't sleeping with their children, folks. Newsflash, okay? So we just gotta be an adult. Don't do yeah. chores. Don't do chores just because you want to get something. Be an adult, you know? Uh, I, I give. I give gifts, jewelry, flowers, and where where societies are, sorry, the other resources get this wrong, in my opinion, is this is everything you give. If you're saying to your wife a compliment, I, I think you're beautiful, and you are hoping that that turns her cranks or whatever, you know? I think you're so sexy and you squeeze her butt, and you're trying to manipulate the situation. Well, then you're not giving 
for any reason that gifts should be given. You're giving to get. And so that's not, the, that just makes her feel like a prostitute, a whore, you know, and for some women, it won't go that far, but it doesn't feel like it's a, it's a true gift. It just feels like you're just doing it for something. So we got to drop that. Ego feeding would be the E that is pretending other women don't exist. You know, now again, I'm going to break away from some of the other resources here. You should honor and love and respect your wife. You should obviously let, she should be the most beautiful person on the planet. So if you start to take this down a toxic masculinity route, which would be like clearly elevating other chicks in front of your wife or clearly talking to other women and saying this the woman at Starbucks is somebody like, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is integrity. Again, if you're watching a reality show, which super big hint for you, I don't love reality shows, but my wife gets her drama fix from those. Take that note. Now, if you are watching a show, she's like that blonde is hot. Well, you can be a man and agree. Yes. That blonde is pretty. You don't have to be a pig. You don't have to be a pervert. But the moment guys start going, oh, but your legs go on for miles. And oh, my gosh, your butt is rock hard. She can tell whose butt looks better. So you kind of look like a sissy, the happy wife, happy life kind of overlaps there. Right. This is the big one, guys. The T in society is the talk. Why don't you want me? What would turn you on again? You used to like sex. What is wrong with you now? You know, like, listen. Sometimes we'll, we'll do that because society is everywhere telling us talk, communication is key. And while that's important, this is not one of those things. If she knows she should want sex with you and she doesn't want to have sex with you, or she's just doing the sex to stop your whining, your pouting, your frustration, it's only making her less turned on, less desire, right? And so it might get better for a day, a week, a month, but then it's going to go back to normal or a new normal, which is poorer quality and less quantity. And then the more this goes on, it turns negative. This is where mine turned violent. Like I was quite abusive in my, in my home and restraining orders and tearing the house up other than punch my wife in the face. I pretty much might as well have. And that's because it stemmed from these talks. Well, you said it was getting better. And you know, blame, 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 blame. Instead of just saying, well, she's not turned on. What am I doing? It's not turning her on. Turn so you can see this list is all automatic turnoffs. If you automatically turn your wife off, guys, you can't kiss her on her ear. You can't blow on her neck. You can't say a sweet comment. You can't give her a wild date if you yourself are turning your wife off. And so the last thing is the why. Yuck. That's the one thing nobody tells you. But if you do all these things to get sex from your wife, you just look disgusting and gross. And the word gross comes up and repulsive comes up a lot with my wife's clients. A lot. Most women won't tell their husbands that. My wife said she, she was actually repulsed when she gave me the news. But most uh, women won't tell. But when my wife's working with women, that's the two words, gross and repulsive. It's what they feel from their husband. And you can kind of feel that when you're going through that situation. You know, you can tell that they're repulsed about what you're doing, what you're saying and how you're acting. Yeah. I mean, it starts with the little eye rolls. And guys, we can look at some of this like yeah. type emotions or teenager type emotions. Again, it's practicing the right skills. But you can tell, you know, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, my story was like, I went to go after my wife. It'd been, it'd been a few days. So I was trying to really pull back and not sort of force who's we got, we got married. And I said three times a day, that's what I need, you know? And so we, I basically pushed could, like obligation, job sex, check it out the do list sex into the marriage, force it in there. And so I was trying new things. I was trying to dial it back, not be moving, but I was feeling the same frustration. I'm a man. I have needs. Okay. This is not a hunger. This is not a thirst. This is not the same. This is the mind thing. Okay. And then yep. I got pissed. I was like, oh, I want to use this thing more because I could tell she just wasn't down for the affection. And three days I was super angry. And that's when she, because she said, I'm not attracted. I'm not in love. I'm settling. And I'm only here to honor my commitment and my oath under God. So yeah, I screamed for three days, did my old thing, started just losing my poop. I'm not quite as bad, but still pretty bad. And then I clicked and I was like, well, she doesn't want me. <laughs> she used to be hot for me. So I just had yeah. to start to figure out and get together. If you can drop it, go back to owning you, pretend like everything she's done is just a response to what you've done wrong. Hey man, it might not always work, but at least you know, you've done everything that you could do. You should be proud of who yeah, you that's see. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. You know, the big fights, the violence, the throwing stuff, the breaking stuff that you've just purchased, you know, that, and afterwards you're like, oh, God, 
you know, I, I've been through all of that. And what, what I found out is I get the choice and I get to say, hey, I'm not talking to you like this. You throw your stuff, you, you get angry. But until mm-hmm. we can calm down, sit down and have a conversation, nothing's going to change. And we've went through this for years. Mm-hmm. So if we can't sit down, converse about those heavy topics, that sex, that desire that I have, that need that I have. Yeah, that was big for me. I, you know, we, we still work on that still today. And I, I often go back to the biologics of it. And you look in nature and the male is commonly, you know, out there getting his stuff as the female ovulates. And our species tends to be different and we think about things differently, but yet we still have that biological need for our sex. And if our partner is not providing that, and the big important thing is if we can't acknowledge our own needs and actually communicate those, that's not going to ever fix itself. It's just going to, like you stated, that's right. You've got to take the hold of it. And you you said that so well. Oh, thank you. What do you think about it? Like, we're one of three species that that use sex for pleasure, right? That's it. Yes. Dolphins, uh, baboas, I can't remember what, what kind of monkey it is, and then us, right? And so yeah. if you can understand that, you can understand that, yes, there's a biological need, and then, yes, there is uh, this this um, true desire. So think about it more basic, yes. man. So, yeah, we have needs, and we get men, and we get super focused on those needs. Instead of understanding that your needs will get met if you understand how she's working, arousal and desire are two different things. And there's there's a whole ton of studies, especially in the last 30, 40 years about non-concordance so what arouses men and women and this is gay straight whatever right okay but what Mm -hmm. arouses is totally different than what desire starts to percolate in your brain so they did studies like this they put you know the units in the vagina or the units on the penis and then they did the things on the brain Mm -hmm. and you know what women get aroused down there by way more than men but that doesn't mean they they weren't clicking the desire button very often Right. And so if you want to understand that, you can understand how much you are turning your wife off if she's not desiring you and you're forcing that down her throat, then she's not putting anything down her throat. She's not interested. You literally just turned her off. You should want is like not anything for desire. So what can I do? How can I pick up that desire again? That's how you need to think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Masters and Johnson's. They they did a lot of studies about women and vibrators and how they, you know, it's fascinating. And really, if if you want to know your wife and get really into it, you've got to know a woman. And a lot of men, they go, I know a woman. They got tits and ass and I'm I'm there for them. Well, it goes way deeper. And that goes back to that arousal and you know admiring somebody or really wanting them so yeah there are studies there's such good research if you actually care instead of being stuck in your opinion right now and the actual care what what i think you need to understand it's not if it's it's right or wrong hey man if you are the man that just thinks that you know she's supposed to submit and blah 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 Maybe you're not, maybe you're not going to find me very interesting, but I know that the men that I work with, the reason I say go get your wife is because they love their wife. They want to be wanted. They don't want to just blow their load. As far as I'm concerned, man, I can do that by myself, but I don't want a sex yeah. So I want a wife because it's way more fun. That's right. right? So as soon as, right. as soon as you can make that distinction, then you're in a position where you can start to look at things differently. You know what I mean? Yeah. Big time. You know, and and that's key to all of this. And if we just slow ourselves down and take the responsibility to actually, because there's no owner's manual. Your dad didn't say, here, here's a book. And this is how you have to do it. No, they got it wrong too. I have a manual now. That's what I do. 
Yes. Well, well <laughs> that's what our generation is kind of doing now is yeah. we are actually taking a foothold on all of these things that got out of hand in the last 50, 70 years, you know, because yeah, it it is. It's, it's a total different society mindset, but yet the functions of a man and a woman, they're still there. Yeah. Sorry. I was going to write the best resources. All they always go back to the beginning tribal times that's and they right. carry, and that science carries on so even when they implement it in the modern society with skyscrapers and feminism and toxic masculinity that's just society's marriage fighting right now that's all doesn't really matter you know so ah brilliant that that's you right. brought that I'm glad because i don't talk about that enough but it's so 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 important man and woman you know that's right you know I, early on when uh we started first seeking counseling and uh, knowledge about what's going on inside of us. And sometimes those counselors, they don't have it right. But the starting point is talking to people. We ran across a gentleman called Gary Smalley. And he does a lot of video work. And it, it's hard to find now, but he's an older guy. And he put up the notion about boundaries healthy boundaries in a relationship and men mm -hmm. and women are two different species. We walk the same, we're, you know, biped, all this, but yet total different thoughts, total different emotions. And we may have the same emotions, but we use them differently and we 100%. think about things differently. And that comes from that, role that's just inherent in all of us and i wonder how often in today's society those depressive thought disorders that's happening those anxieties all of these things that we need pills for how much of that is because we're actually trying to dish what we should be we're trying to be something other than what we should be well, again, it's human nature to find the easiest path out. And when you're hurting, coping uh, is something yeah. that your body try you try to do so you can make it, the stress in your body go away instead of getting through the cycle, right? And so, yeah, yeah like, think about it. I mean, I'm not having sex with my wife, so I'm watching porn. Well, that's not doing anything for your sex life, like zero. In fact, it's affecting negatively on your sex life. Drugs, that's alcohol. Right. The, the amount of men that go to my program, and this has nothing to do with my program, but they're off depression or anxiety meds just because they're going through my program and they're thinking differently, right? Changing their life. So that brings different energy into them. You know, we used to think it was just health. Health would do that. And I saw that for years when I owned a gym, but it's so much more than that. It's not necessarily, I'm going to say mindset, but creating opportunities in your life that you actually want. Back to those emotions we were talking about earlier, you can chase your insecurity, your anxiety, or you can chase the happiness. That's it. I don't chase anger and insecurity anymore. I chase every opportunity or I create them and then chase them so I can get what I want. Right? That's huge. That is huge. You know, and when we figure out the choice and we get to set the example, that that changes our whole life, our own attitude. And, you know, I, I come across a video where you say it takes time after these hardships to mend these wounds. That's so true. It takes years. And as those healings take place, actually, you see a new growth in your relationship. And yeah. it, it's awesome that you get to set the boundaries and the limits. And it's kind of a joint union thing when you figure it out together like that i believe it's the true power couple not the bullshit you see on social media the fake crap it's that's right it's the true power and here's why just so especially don't scare your listeners even though it might take years it took Catherine like two years to accept that i wasn't angry she still got triggered she still believed my response 
was sometimes a response that was old, not even anything like I responded right now, you know, or you go out for a dinner date and the Cowboys are on TV again. So it reminds me of that fight that we had during the Cowboys game or whatever, you know, it's like, this takes time, but you don't have to be afraid because there's so much good shit that's happening while you're going through that time. And time is just history. That's memories. When you focus on that good stuff, that's when it's okay. The gaps are getting bigger between the fights and the insecurities and the, and the triggers. And, and by the way, if you can, my, my good friend and author, Travis Neville, he has a book called Revive Masculinity. In the book, he says, a trigger is just a trigger. You still have to apply the pressure. But I take that one step further for marriage and I say, but you can help your wife put the gun down. You can do this as fast as you want or as slow as you want. But if you're not holding a gun, man alive, you are not going to necessarily have to wait years and years and years. You know what I mean? It'll be individually specific. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty abusive to my wife, even sexually. That obviously had its toll, right? And so you've got you to gotta be aware. Um, and by the way, I'm not proud of that, man. But, um, you know, you've got to be right. aware. Every story is unique, but it's the same symptoms. It's the same treatments, right? You just got to show up. Yeah. And, and being aware about what our past behaviors are, that makes you a stronger individual. And, and yes. that shows people that you can actually take note that there's something wrong. And the hard part is actually going in and doing that hard self work, that finding out what those triggers are. That's still hard for me today. And I'm still figuring out there's triggers from when I'm four years old, five years old, that it, it really drives how I see sex and life and how I treat women and, you know, what my society looks like in my head is not the reality of society. And that is hard. Yeah. I, I, I just wrote um, a description up for a post that's coming out tomorrow, but that's what I talked about. You actually have to learn how to discern what advice you're getting from mm -hmm. society. And what they don't tell you is, is there anything that I need to learn before this skill is going to be useful? Right. And so if we use mm -hmm. triggers as the example, yeah, it's great to maybe, maybe you need to go to therapy. I did 14 years of therapy. I can tell you all the crap that with my parents, but I'll tell you what, if I'm looking at real life right now, uh, I, uh, my children, my, they've hardly seen my wife and I raise our voices. They, we fixed our stuff when we were pregnant with our girls. And so we, I mean, we, it's not like we don't have arguments or fights, but we've, they've more or less seen it pretty healthy. Now that doesn't mean when they're not screaming that I don't get triggered when they scream, I get super triggered. I cause it's reminding me of every fight and all the anger and all the, excuse me, everything my parents did that paved my future. But when you can discern, what are the skills that we're trying to learn here? Well, uh, I need to teach my children how to handle their emotions. Let's start with that one, right? So it doesn't really matter what my trigger is. I need to put the gun down so that my children can actually put their gun down. And then I've taught them a skill, right? And hopefully they won't have the same sorts of triggers. Will we be perfect? No, but I think it should be something you really think about hard, you know? Yeah, and when you implement that thought, just pause for a moment before you react it does change and and it's difficult it's tough but with practice and the the thing is you have to be conscious of it you've got to be present in your want your desire to move forward and past your life and it took me changing who i was in several different ways to actually build a life that I'm satisfied with my life now where I'm happy that I'm married and uh, I don't desire other women the way I used to. I still look, um, you know, I'd be a liar if I said I didn't because women are beautiful and the what God put together there is awesome. So it's up to me to remember I have to control myself and that that carnal man, that man that wants to just grab everything and have sex with it, well, that's my responsibility. And when it's out of control, that can really screw your life up in many different ways. Oh, I found that 
sexual desire was really tough for me. I I think there's so many levels to that from, you know, actual mm. affairs um, to emotional affairs to pornography. I mean, I, let's just call it what it is. It's just betrayal. Betrayal is trust. Yes. Trust is an issue that we have to have integrity. And if we don't have integrity, then there's no respect. And there's no respect. You don't have much of anything, including a sex life. So if you just kind of like, it's all very, it sounds so complex. Like it's so you changed everything in your life. And the first thing that happens is that defensiveness. So it's like, why do I have to change? She should just love me for me and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, no, dude, maybe. But like, what are you not doing that you used to do? What are you doing now that you didn't used to do? Just start with that. Just start with that. And then if you start to think all of this work and why it's so hard, oh, fuck, man, nothing in life is fun, worth it, awesome, rewarding, unless unless it was work. You know what I mean? And then, by the way, when your wife is on board, because you inspired, you led, maybe had to do some ass, hopefully you didn't have to lay some boundaries, but you got there. Not ultimatums, by the way, boundaries. You got there. Well, fuck, you're unstoppable, man, because you're, I like to put it like this. We're going to build you into the biggest, baddest freaking muscle car on the planet. You are the car. We're going to put all the right parts under the hood. We're going to fine tune it. We're going to get you race ready. Your wife is just the racing stripes. But man, she makes you look good. You're on a cover in a magazine now because your stripes look so good. Your car is that badass. That's what men need to think about. Is it hard? Sure. It took a year and a half or four years to build that car. I don't know. I work hard, but I didn't have a system. I had to figure it out. I see some guys do it in a few weeks. I see some guys, they call me up a year later and say, it's not working. My wife, she's just too stubborn and selfish. Hey, listen, that means that you're stubborn and selfish too, because that's the only thing it means is that you're not coming to an agreement. That's it. So like, that doesn't mean you have to bend over and take it. I said, no happy wife, happy life, but you see where I'm going with it. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, we've got to remember why we got together in the first place. Yes. You know, there was, there was an attraction. And if if we can get back to that point, that is the key, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. First of all, she was hot for you once before, which meant high attraction. But I, I'm very careful with attraction. I say the word irresistible. The reason I am is because most of the stuff you see out there is glorified dating advice at best, and it's outdated. Okay? Like, you shouldn't be using jealousy to make your wife want you. She can have positive anxiety. That's different. Right? And so... We can get into that whole, it's a whole thing. But at the end of the day, when you start showing up and you start doing everything correctly and you are starting moving in the right direction, follow, following that, that, that it, this is really about you, then you bring all of that in without even having to try. It just is natural. It is who you're born to be. So it's not, it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be, a, she was hot for you once before. She doesn't want to tear her family up any more than you do. I mean, divorce pretty much makes one or both poor almost always. Right. And even that's right. Yeah. Just go back to what you said, man, this is who I honored to spend my life. I was going to be honored to spend the rest of my life. Right. to this person. We can find it. You know, one of the reasons why our story is so inspiring, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm a severe narcissist. I'm just managing. Now my wife said this morning, cause we actually had an argument the other day. She goes, man, alive. I was just thinking this morning, like, like you're two different people. I can't even forget. And so she said, she actually said, one of the things I need to do is um, show more appreciation for the man that you are just with narcissistic traits than, yeah. uh, you know, not, not just for you, but for me is what she was saying. And I thought, wow, maybe that's such a great reflection because I know I could use it. It's hard sometimes even just telling the stories, you know, um, but what I'm trying to say is like, it, it can, it can be, really embarrassing and shameful. Um, one of the reasons why we get defensive is because we don't feel proud of the mistake that we just made or that we made 50 years ago. But the point is you don't have to sit in that pain, you know, whether or not you believe in God, nobody should, should live with their sins. So now go make the best, best of it. Most of the whole world that you have decades of happiness over a blip in time, figuring out who, right. you know what I mean? That's that's right. Own your own shit. You know that. That's what Clay Smeltzer. He's a, another individual that I interviewed about men's coaching, and you know that's the bottom line. You need somebody to 
have you accountable. If it's not your yes. wife, have a good friend. Mm -hmm. you know, hold you accountable for what you're doing, what you're saying, how you're acting. And fortunately, my wife does a pretty good job at that. And she's figured mm -hmm. out how to address me without flaring my anger, my attitude. Yeah. So you having that is working together, right? That's right. It yeah. takes it takes that. You've got to work together to figure out how to communicate effectively. Because I also you're love both you think differently. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I love that you said accountability too. Because I think, you know, there's so many words that we could talk about that have been bastardized by society. I mean, submitting, your wife should submit to you. First of all, you're not even reading the Bible then. Okay. Second of all, like we get into words like ownership now is the new one, superior ownership. And, and the way of the, the superior man talks about it, there's a bunch of other ones that start getting into like extreme ownership. And it's like, listen, ownership is, is a lot more than just owning you. Ownership is owning who you're with, honoring your partner, love, value, respect, make her a woman. If you're not having sex, she doesn't feel like a woman. She feels like a mom. Maybe there's lots of things we can talk about. So ownership needs to stop. You're, yes. We're talking a lot about us today, but if you start owning what you signed up for, then you can start to actually do that. How do you do that? Accountability. If not from me, not from a good friend. First of all, stop going to friends that are supporting divorce. I had a call today with a guy and his, his parents paid for a lawyer. Like, what are you talking to them for then? What? I don't care if they're your parents. So accountability, you need to choose your That's partner, right. a better person. My wife and I, we ever disagree, we remind ourselves or each other, sorry, I'm just holding you accountable honey, in a loving, wonderful way. And that's because we're at that point. I wouldn't suggest you just try that yet, but um, without knowing your situation. But, you know, if you're at that point, you've done the work together, then that's what she's for, man. She's not pointing out your flaws because you suck, because she wants you to excel, right? That's right. That's right. And, and when you excel, she excels with you. And, and that's the point of the game, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I so, mean, do you an what, anchor or a booster? Yeah, exactly. What type of men do you look for to work with? Well, they're they're married. They have kids usually, but but obviously they're married. And and you know, really, I, I'm picky. Like, I gotta know you love your wife, man. I don't. Uh, one of my questions when you book an appointment, I still do all my appointments. I'm gonna try that as long as I can. But um, you know, one of the things that I look for is is like, hey, you know, this isn't a call about bitching about your wife, right? Like, this this is. I want to go go get my wife. I want to save my marriage. So I'm just looking for guys who, who might not have integrity yet. I know that we do at work, but most guys don't have it at home. So they just need to be able to accept that I'm going to say some tough things that are going to be hard. Some of them are like light bulbs and aha moments, like don't fart in front of your wife. And some of it's going to be a lot deeper, right? How it's going to be hard if she rejects you and how you have to handle that shit. But the kind of man that I work for, he's he wants more out of life, but he knows that this is going to work not just with his wife being in the race, stripes on his car, but his kids, his job, maybe a side business or his actual business. The people at the grocery store lineup make like get something of value from him. This is a guy who's got a lot more. And unfortunately, most guys that come, um, they come when it's too late. They think they're invincible. So I love it when guys, you know, it used to be like 50-50. Sometimes their wife left and sometimes they didn't. I'll work with either because I, I don't think it matters, but it's so much nicer if you just take this responsibility before it's more difficult and it's harder because she's yeah. that checked out. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah, Learning integrity is hard sometimes for some of us, but it's definitely it's a key. It's, <laughs> uh, your wife, your wife works with women also. Do you suggest that the men that you work with have your wife work with their wife? No, sometimes down the road. So first thing that you should understand is our programs run independently. And there's a specific reason for that. I guess it would tie into the kind of man I'm looking for. But what, what we have found is just like in our marriage, one person is in and the other is not. So when I get a phone call, that's a guy who's like, I want my wife. But his wife might say, yeah, I'll go to therapy with you. But she doesn't actually want to go. Not that we're therapists, but um, my wife, well, we practice some therapeutic techniques. My wife loves the Gottmans, has a lot of certifications with them, and they're some of the most world-renowned marriage therapists. Um, but 
what we have found is this. It's no good to try to make somebody want to fix their side or own their side or do their share, but the one who's in can lead. I always say it takes two to tangle, but someone still has to lead, right? I prefer it. I think it's so much easier for men because we don't have all those emotions in the way. Well, we do. We're insecure. We're frustrated. We're angered, whatever. But we, we just need like, we just need to flip switches. Like we just know we have a system. We can follow the rules and when our, when we're what the objective is, right. Where a woman, when she's working with, with Catherine, I mean, this is a man who's potentially the supposed to be a protector, but potentially, even if he's not screaming, he's towering over her. He's, you know, that he's, he's, he's completely made it unsafe for her to, to be herself. Um, he's guilted her into the sex thing. He's done all these. So it's just a lot more trauma type stuff that women go through that we don't quite feel the same way. You know what I mean? So that's right. Where, where it will happen is sometimes, cause I got a lot of followers on Facebook that are women. And so they'll get their husbands to watch. So the wife knows. So potentially we might start work together, but we have to be very careful because Catherine and I don't, we don't work together. We don't talk about, what's going on as much as we can. We'll leave that alone because we're not here to do, we don't do the therapy thing. Okay. How did you feel when he did this? And how did you No, I want to know what your take on the story is so we can address how you could have handled it better and be proud to look back in the mirror. Well, I'm sorry. Did you raise your voice? I don't care if she's spit in the face, but you're not going to get her to stop spitting. If you're yelling and she doesn't respect you, you know, that's just sort of a stupid example, but you know, it's way better. So we have to have a, a conversation heavy when couples come into mine and her program so that they can understand you can't be placing expectations like it should be fixed tomorrow because you're in a program, you know, things like that will get into the way and make you blame more, be defensive more. So it's so much easier. They're not. And in fact, I tell guys, don't even tell your wife. And if she knows about the program, no big deal. Oh, of course I would never get you to spend money and cause a big fight, but if she's going to leave you over the money, she was already leaving you. There's already bigger problems. Okay. So I tell guys not to tell their wives because less talk, more action. Nobody gives a shit about what you're going to do. They only care about That's what right. you're doing. And your wife, if you've had no integrity, which by the way, I know you think you do at work. So you think you have it at home, but yeah, I'm going to do this around the house. I'm going to fix this week. I'm going to pick up the milk. I don't care what we have for dinner. Oh no. I like the the yellow that you pick for the room, even though you hate yellow, all of this is no integrity. And I can spout off a way bigger list if we want. So if you have no integrity, well, of course, she's not going to trust you say you're doing a program or maybe you've done a program and you know, you've already wasted the money, like lots of different reasons. I tell guys, don't make her look for it. Just show up the brand new guy the next day. And then all we do is That's practice right. the new guy. That's it. Right. Everything's habitual. That's right. Something that I take a little further than everybody else with habits is this guys, when you're forming your own new habits, you're forming habits in her too. You start getting healthy. What does she got to start doing? Eventually, excuse me, it's going to have to matter. You know what I mean? That's right. Uh, yeah. It's big time. You know, I, everybody in their relationship is a, in a different place a different situation but you know if you don't go to counseling you should have somebody respectable to talk with you know that's not going to blab your whatever down the street to joe and martha and the whole town knows what somebody's doing that that i know that's hard for men to step into a place where they feel they can talk openly and honestly with somebody without judgment of a bad nature. Uh, we need those accountable moments in our life. And that's what coaching really is about. Uh, I love what you guys are doing. It, it, it's so needed in our world. And, you know, you, you say you're not therapists, but I think sometimes coaches can be better than therapists because there's not the pressure of they're taking notes for the state. You know, that stops a lot of men right there in their tracks to opening up to somebody and speaking with them. And I think uh, if you think about like how we are as men, we're built to fix, right. To problems. Yes. 
And so when we go to therapy and, and, you know, the hour's over and I'm not saying I'm not going to completely shoot it in the foot, but um, mm-hmm. if you're like, if you know, like she's been taking her notes or he's been taking his notes all day and he says, okay, let's schedule the next visit. And that's two weeks away, one month away. Even if you get homework, you don't feel like you're actually making progress. In fact, you, you've just spent time going right. backwards in time, but never when it was good. And now it's hurry up and wait. Where if you do a program like ours, you're step-by-step, step. you're the brand new person, it's actionable, the support goes beyond. I have a group, so does Catherine, I call mine marriage lords, and it's men struggling, different stories, same symptoms, therefore same treatment, supporting each other. No one has to feel ashamed, whether they're talking about kicking a porn addiction, whether they're talking about their wife getting mad at them, or they're talking about how they just screwed up something. No one has to feel shame because we've all, first of all, I made all the mistakes anyway. And secondly, when you start to realize that, that you're not alone, the power in that is so freeing, man. Just that alone lifts the weight off your yes. work, man. You're not the only That's one right. through a shitty time in your marriage thinking about divorce. It's just there's not enough people saying stay in your marriage. Ride it out. That's right. There's too many people saying, oh, that's toxic. You better lay your boundaries. What the f- what are you talking about? That toxic behavior, my narcissist toxic, toxic behavior, I had that when I came to the marriage. If Catherine did what everybody said and left, well, I'd probably still be unleashing that danger upon society, my her children, my children, right? So there's there's other ways to think. I think more people need to say it though, you know. I I, I agree. You know, people are afraid, and they're so afraid to be judged and pointed at. You know, we're not going to heal ourselves if we don't get a collective going on this and that's that's the key people need to speak and they need to understand there's help just through conversation yes and and, and again go that, back to what earlier free. it's so freeing but only if you do what you said earlier and and then and i agree with you was but pick the right people right that's, so if that's you don't have a good men's group like my marriage lords hey, you sound like a really great person. You wrote it out. It's 40 years. You love your wife. Like there's somebody that sounds like a bit better of a call than just somebody I've known since high school who's going through a crappy divorce, who already went through it, who's fighting with his wife just as much, who complains when you do. You guys got to start recognizing the signs of, of the behavior that you're choosing to allow to bring into your home. You get what you seek for. You know what I mean? That's right. That's That's big. You know what? And it is your home. You have to decide what you're going to have in it. And that yes. really starts with attitudes. And if if you've got good attitudes in the home, it's going to trickle out. And people, oh, yeah. it's just like your wife. You know, you stated this. If If you're doing what you need to do, your wife's going to notice. The people around you is going to notice. People at work's gonna notice. The store owner's gonna notice. Do it. Don't say it. And, and you know, a lot of us talk so much about doing these changes, but we set on it. We know we have to do the work, but we're talkers and not doers. You got to do it. And then we blame. You know, let's just forget marriage for a second. Oh, this big dog. I didn't make enough money this month. My leads suck. No, you don't have the skill to acquire more leads. That's it. It's a skill. Go learn it. Get more leads. Oh, I can't sell. Okay, good. Learn how to sell. Like it's the same thing in business as it is playing the guitar. You chew. Oh, my fingers hurt, so I quit. Well, Eddie Van Halen's fingers hurt too. And guess what? He's one of the best guitar players in the world. That's he right. Quit. There's either blame it and say it's too hard. My fingers are too small. Or pick up your guitar and go get your wife. You know what I mean? Like I just it all overlaps to me. It's the same thing. But again. We're taught it's socially acceptable to quit now. I mean, divorce is an all-time high, 70%. Yeah. We're, we're it's reinforced in our mind what's toxic, lay boundaries. Let's talk about that for a second. You should lay boundaries. No, you shouldn't. You should inspire. And if you inspire well and long enough, you lead because nobody follows if they're being dragged. And how are they feeling dragged? Because you're told to lay boundaries down. I bet you a million times over, you don't lay boundaries down on your wife without doing a nice, gentle ask first after you've tried to set an example. And then then your boundary would never sound like an ultimatum. But you see, you got to pick and choose what information you let in and what you decide to run with. 
Another good one, since we're talking about accountability, is this simp movement going on, right? I get yeah. called a simp all the time because women validate, I'm pandering to them. No, man, it's because I'm translating for women. My wife was the first one and these other women are agreeing with it. And these, these big feature chest alpha males are like, oh, you're just a simp. Dude, even you want to be loved, valued, respected. Everybody does. So of That's course right. you gotta make your wife feel loved, valued, respected. Give me a break. The difference is if you're doing it for you and you're getting the stripes in the car, or if you're just doing it for the paint job. Okay. That's different. That's a totally different mentality. That's right. So if you can wrap your head around that, then you will choose the right people. Cause if you're with buddies that tell you you're a pussy, you love your wife. Well, of course she doesn't feel very loved. She needs that shit. She's a woman, by the way, you have your own version of that. So get out of your own head, man. Go get your wife. You know, that's right. I love it. Cass. You guys are powerful. You're doing what needs to happen, change. You know, you're not talking, you're doing. How can people get a hold of you? And do you have a call to action for people? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my social media tends to go up and down. Sometimes they block me, sometimes they don't. But I'm Ryan Cass Morrow. Uh, Ryan is the old guy. So we go with Cass now. That's the new guy that gets laid and doesn't yell. So um Ryan Casmoro on all social media, but ryancasmoro.com is my website. There, there's, hey, there, a lot of your listeners won't even, um, you won't be ready yet. This is a lot to take in. I have a free masterclass. It's not one of those salesy webinars. It's 25% of my course, of my program that I sell. And it talks about society solutions in more depth. It talks about ownership, talks about some skills that you can develop so you can get where you want to go. And then I talk about some aha moments. And here's some big ones, being a partner, man at home and man with kids. I haven't met a man yet that hasn't looked at that and been like, I didn't think of that. That's at least something I can learn from that. And this will set up what I call 25% of uh, the, sorry, 25% of the course, but 80% of the yes tone in your home. And that means where it's assumed you're going to have great sex. So we can't have sex if it's assumed you're not having sex. So that's for free. Call to action. From there, you like it. We get on a call and we go get your wife together powerful Cass. you're you're making mountains move by what you're doing and we need to start moving those mountains because we've stacked so much barriers between men and their wives don't listen to society listen to your wife and learn to communicate thank you for being part of the dead america family and being here today with us well, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, when I saw what you're all about, I was pretty impressed. I like what it, I, I wish I would have saw you sooner. Well, you did. That's what matters, Cass. That's right. And these conversations, that's what changes the world. And that's what we're super pumped to do here. Keep doing it. You got it, man. The goal, the goal is 70% divorce rates flip. That's our goal. So I know it's a big one. It's ambitious, but we're on it. Right on. Thank you for joining us today. If you found this podcast enlightening, entertaining, educational in any way, please share, like, subscribe, and join us right back here next week for another great episode of Dead America Podcast. I'm Ed Waters, your host. Enjoy your afternoon, wherever you may be.